Welcome to the Dotcom Magazine Entrepreneur Spotlight Series, where your host, Andy Jacob, interviews leading entrepreneurs, founders, and CEOs about their incredible companies and discusses their unique entrepreneurial journeys. If you're the CEO or founder of an exciting and exceptional company, the editorial team of Dotcom Magazine welcomes you to pitch your business story to appear on this exciting interview series by reaching out to Mr. Jacob at Dotcom Magazine at dotcommagazine.com. And without further ado, here is another amazing entrepreneurial story on the Dotcom Magazine Entrepreneur Spotlight Series. Good afternoon, everyone. Andy Jacob here with the Dotcom Magazine Entrepreneur Spotlight Series. And for today's show, I'm just going to tell you right now, you do not want to miss this. We've been able to book Miss Lee Richter. And you probably heard of Lee. She's a pretty, pretty important person in the in the area of leadership and mentoring. She has a wonderful website called Go Ask Lee. Uh, she has built and launched dozens of successful businesses. And Lee's goal is to change the world by not only producing amazing jobs, but by educating people as well. And we're so excited to have an award-winning business innovator and visionary on the show today. Lee, thank you so much for joining us. Oh, Andy, I am so happy to be here. I'm so inspired by you, the magazine, your audience. And right now, I just feel so happy to connect. So thank you for having me. Well, before we get into Go Ask Lee, and I know you just got off the phone mentoring some C-level executives at a multi-billion dollar company. So again, thank you for coming on the show today. Some people are going to be wondering if they're not great at geography, what's going on above your head behind you on the wall? Uh, well, I'm in my happy place right now. I'm in Maui and I love Hawaii. I've been coming here for 25 years, my entire adult life. And it's one of those things every single year I make more and more time. And this year I have like three months here and it's still not enough time to be here for me. But I have the next two months here consecutively. And I'm saying it's my happy place for sure. I love it. So Maui's the island right above me right there. And nice. just being in the chain, the chain of islands here in Hawaii is, is just such a pleasure. Well, that's amazing. And you get to mix your business and your pleasure because you've been working so hard for so long, help, helping so many people. If you go to the Go Ask Lee website, there's amazing testimonials and wonderful photos of you with a number of celebrities. Let's talk about this because people are going to be watching the show and they're going to be saying, how did Lee get into this? How did she even get started with becoming a, a mentor to, to multi-billion dollar companies and a mentor to celebrities and, and building so many companies? How did it all start? Mm -hmm. I'm so glad you asked. I could go all the way to the beginning when I was six years old and started doing commercials. And what happened was from six to 12 while doing commercials, I learned all about the inside information in the advertising business, right? So when we were watching Mad Men, I was like, wow, I remember those days. They were actually just like that show shows us. It was just like that. And I remember those moments. But I got something instilled in me, which I love connecting with people. And advertising is about connecting with people, right? It's connecting with people, showing them who we are, what we do, 
and how we could work together. And so I think that's my through line of my life. Uh, as I went through college, I was uh, my first job was with Merrill Lynch, right? I was very fortunate. I was 21 years old. They did a thing on me called the DISC profile, which a lot of times I use for employees myself. But all the way back then, the beginning of my career, the DISC profile landed me as a financial advisor at Merrill Lynch, right? And I worked in Washington, D.C., and I learned so many things about business. And they sent me through customized programs to learn even more about finance and business. And what I learned is take all of those things and keep adding it with everything new that I learned. I now have a customized you know, way to help other people, which is through finance, through business, through internet marketing, through leadership, through even being a woman navigating in sometimes an all dominated male world. So there's many topics that I've learned along the way. And because I love people so much, it's actually my joy to share it. And, and through education and through support, I get to do that. That's wonderful. And I know you've done great work with, with women empowerment and great work in another, a lot of other areas as well. Let's talk about, let's talk about women entrepreneurs just for a moment. So when you think of women entrepreneurs that you work with and you've successfully helped them navigate the, the, the rough seas of just being an entrepreneur, let alone a, a, a woman entrepreneur, what type of rough waters do these types of entrepreneurs uh, encounter and how do you help them sort of get themselves into the, into the more, um, into the water that's less rough and, and more smooth, if you will? Yeah, you know, that's a good question because women supporting women is actually a really great way that we could rise together. So a lot of times I'm with other really great global leaders that are women and we look for ways, number one, that we could leave our cape at the door because we don't have to be superheroes in that room. We could just be real. We can ask for support. We could have tears. We could have laughter and zero judgment at the same time. It's rare to find that in the business world where people celebrate your successes, want the best for you, but they're also there for you when you need a helping hand. And I've really put myself in some of those groups. I have one with a woman named JJ Virgin, who I really admire, who's a, a gem in the internet marketing space, right? But she's a gem as a leader, as a mom, as a person. And just last week, there were 30 of us that met in Southern California. I drove there from my house in San Francisco to San Diego to stay safe so I can get to Hawaii after, because you have to be COVID free to enter Hawaii. So I didn't get on a plane. I drove eight hours to be in a room with JJ Virgin and 30 other women entrepreneurs, just so we can talk about these topics of how to support one another. And some people brought things in the, the meeting around family issues or COVID resistant issues or team issues or financial issues or even just lack of ideas. And what I learned is all of us have the same thing we have to start with first, and it is our mindset. Are we in the mindset of hope for a bigger future? Are we in the mindset for being able to make a positive impact? Because if we're in that mindset, those are the things we're gonna do. If we're in the mindset that this is hard, if we're in the mindset that I'm a victim, then that's gonna show up over and over and over again. So what happens is with the group of us is we could be real, if someone feels like they have something where they are a victim or they're hurt, they could bring it to the table. We could work through it and they can get back to a hope of a better future. And I think that's the best way we can empower each other right now, whether you're male, female, black, white, it doesn't matter. All of us as global leaders, all of us as citizens of the planet can help one another by giving each other hope for a bigger and better future. So I think that's one of the things that I like to do. And because I love doing it, I get opportunities to do it over and over again. 
See, I love that message and Go Ask Lee is all about that. And every entrepreneur needs a support a support group. Every entrepreneur needs someone that they can go to when things are up and things are maybe moving against them a little bit. And in this day and age, even for startups, when they're looking to, uh, let's say, fund their startup or get some angel money or some seed money, the first thing the investors are going to ask is, who's your team? And what they're really saying is, who's going to support you? And you've done such a great job with all these support groups if we have a younger entrepreneur watching this today, Lee, what's like some sage advice that you could tell them about how to get started in this entrepreneurial world that you've been so successful at not only doing yourselves, but guiding and mentoring other entrepreneurs as well? Excellent. Well, I'm, I'm thinking of that from the I love marketing perspective, right? Because I personally love marketing. Every single one of my companies that's thriving and successful when I look at it, 80% of what I do is marketing, right? If I look at my company, it's marketing, operations, sales, and finance. Marketing, operations, sales, and finance. Me as a leader, I'm setting the vision, financing the vision, right? But if I spend 80% of my time in marketing, who's my ideal client? How do I connect with them? How do I make our relationship even better? If I spend my 80% of my time there, I'm flourishing. So I would say start with the I Love Marketing podcast. Listen to Joe Polish. Listen to his friends. If you want to be involved in the internet marketing world and you want it to be successful, listen to David Nagel. David Nagel, number one, mindset, right? When, when COVID hit, David Nagel did four videos all around what to do with your mindset right now, right? For me, COVID hit around March 1st. That's when we went into lockdown, right? Right in that first week. By March 15th, David Nagel had four videos out in a series how to work on your mindset during these uncertain times. My entire team and I listened to those together each day as they came out. Do you know a month later, my team came back to me and said, thank God we listened to that because they could see the difference between their mindset and everyone else around them. Why? Because we seek out the number one advisor on mindset on what to do right now. So what we did was we self-educated. We self-educated because with that information, we could self-soothe and not freak out right? Because we want to hope for a bigger future. It's the same through line. We want hope for a bigger future. So as a team, we collectively listen to mindset. We listen to Joe Polish. I love marketing. What to do right now? You know what he said? Hey, all of you that are ready to be online, hit gas on the pedal, go full force, do it as much as possible. Here's some resources. And I listened and I took lists of those resources and I implemented those things. I started adding AI components so I can test how my audience is feeling. I started getting more sophisticated with our online presence. I put bots on our website so we can automatically answer questions 24 seven because people were asking questions in the middle of the night. So what it did was it allowed us to be even more innovative, even more savvy and even more connected to our customer. So what did we do? We started with mindset and then added, I love marketing. That's all you have to do. It doesn't have to be complicated. Start there. When you start there, you're going to start having ideas bubble up. You're going to start having connections bubble up. You can have different articles that they curate and all of the other things will come and flow just as you need it. You can't do everything at once, but you can start taking in the information and think about what's the first thing I'm going to do. See, Lee, that's fantastic. And that is very sage advice. And you've been able to build many successful companies with the focus on the customer because you 
above and beyond many people know how important it is to take care of your customer because without customers, you don't have a business. So when we think about your, your, your success in the multiple companies that you run, you know, entrepreneurs might be saying to themselves, well, you know, how is she able to juggle all of these different things? How, how does she do it? Does she do it as a lone wolf type of an approach? Or maybe she has a great team around her. And we already touched on the team component. But for those people that are looking at you saying, you know, I don't think I have enough time in the day to do what she does. Is there some sage advice that you can give those types of people about how you do it and, and what they might be able to do to emulate your success? Absolutely. And yeah, I actually... I actually do not work as much as people think I do because so much of it is joy and fun for me. Uh, However, every single company I have has a clear leader in it, right? So my number one is Chrissy. She's my chief marketing officer. She helps me in multiple brands, but she's really in charge of the pet brands. Those are her babies, right? Then I have another team for the Event Planners Association. I have a team for my holistic veterinary hospital that's run by my manager, Jessica. She's been with me more than 12 years. We literally were on the call up until just a few minutes before I talked to you, I snuck in a call with her just to see how's the team doing today. I bought them lunch. Every Friday is Black Friday in my office. And that means I buy lunch from a black owned business and we support a local black owned business. We're in Oakland, California. We love doing this, by the way. This is so fun. Half of our team is like every every week looking around, which business are we doing this week, right? This week we did Vegan Mob, Vegan Mob best vegan food on the planet in Oakland, California. But she set it up and she wanted to send me screenshots of all the team excited on the Slack line because they were getting vegan mob today. So we're always communicating, but we're communicating through Slack. We're communicating through quick little phone calls, 10 minute huddles. And then I set them free. I'm like the least micromanager you've ever seen. I'm a mentor, plant the idea, set the vision, finance the vision, set them free. Let them go do what they do. Sometimes Chrissy and I might even talk 10 minutes in the whole week, and she's running multi-million dollar organizations for me. We know our rhythm. We can see it in Slack. We send a couple texts, and we can get on and off the phone in 10 minutes. I will tell you, there's times, though, I have to take my cape off and say, Chrissy, I need you to just hear me and just have a conversation, and she'll hop on the phone and let me have that as well. Even if it's just a voice something, she'll allow me to do that. So having that kind of support and being real is essential, right? I'm not just showing up as a true leader. I'm showing up as a person in the world that's working with them, but I empower them. The other thing is when talent appears, I find a position for them, right? Ironically, when Chrissy first came to me, she was coming to me to ask me for a a recommendation for her for another job. And I said to her, wait a second, you're so talented and you love the pet industry. I will create a job for you. And she's like, what? You would create a job for me? And now years later, I'm so glad I did because she's able to be that talent. Now I do do the Colby and I do the disc profile and everyone that works on the team. I'm doing the disc for the same reason Merrill Lynch used it to hire me, which is to see how am I naturally wired and how have I progressed, right? Because the disc will show you your natural, but it's also gonna show how you've adapted. Sometimes it's adapted for good, sometimes it's not, but I know what your natural style is. So I know under stress how you're gonna behave. And over time it proves to be right over and over and over again. But I also use the Colby and that's K-O-L-B-E.com. If anyone wants to know it, it's the Colby A. I've been using it for years. And that tells me how people work and what their style of work is. Are they a researcher? 
Are they a visionary like me? Should they be in the room when we're setting the vision? Are they going to help me have an even bigger vision? I want to know those people in my organization. But also, are they great at follow-up? Great at follow-through and follow-up. They say the fortune is in the follow-up, right? The fortune is in the follow-through. Either way, there's a reason why it says that. It's because if you're doing the follow-through, you're going to have more of a chance of actually serving the client better, serving the team better. So many people forget the follow-through, and that separates us. We have automated ways to follow through with our CRM. We have automated ways with the bots. We have automated ways with my assistant keeping my calendar, but we make sure we're really following through and, and letting the customer know they're important. And one other thing, this morning when I was talking to Chrissy, they had a team meeting today and she sent me the agenda. The first thing on the team meeting was, what are we doing new in our customer journey? So they're always visiting it together because they're the boots on the ground seeing the customers face to face. So every other week, one of the things they're doing is looking at the customer journey and seeing what's one piece we can improve 10%. Just that little bit. But if every single time they're looking at it, they're improving it another 10% and another 10% and another 10%. That's how bots got at it. That's how um, having a text system where they could text clients. It came because they wanted to improve 10%. But each one is just a little bit, but over time it makes a big impact. So I think being consistent, working together as a team, and really focused on the client journey are gonna be pieces to help you really create a great client experience. See, that's amazing. And you use some wonderful tools when you hire people and, and smart entrepreneurs do that and smart executives do that. Because you've been able, Lee, to surround yourself with so many talented people that support what you do, mm -hmm. it, the question that comes to mind, if we kind of toss out the, the tools that you use, and we sort of go with your gut instinct or your blink, blink instinct on these people. Is there one thing that you're looking for for these people to join your team, one type of an emotion or one type of thought process or one type of intellect that's most important to you to have someone join your, your international team? There's so many things I will say, but the first one is a prosperity mindset. The prosperity mindset shows up in is, yes, it can happen. Yes, I can do it. Yes, I can help you with this. It's a lot of yes energy, right? And I see that with the most successful entrepreneurs around me. A lot of times behind the scenes, I'll see they said yes and figured it out later. They didn't have to know all the details up front. I teach my team that too. I'm like, one of the best things you could do when someone calls and asks you is say, yes, I can help you with that. Even if you have to figure it out and call them back in an hour. Them hearing, yes, I can help you with that, lets them believe they have the right person. And they have a person who cares. And they have a person with the capability of actually solving their problem or helping them. That one little simple sentence, right? But it starts with mindset. So what am I looking for? I'm looking for that can-do attitude. I'm looking for that try it. What do they say? Hire for attitude, train for skill. It's so true. Now, I'll say with the doctors, I need some skills. <laughs> they got to have their license, they got to have their skills. But with the team, I could hire for attitude, train for skills. Do people reach out to you, Lee, who are already successful, but just need to sort of um, improve what they've already have or tweak their system to, to increase their metrics or increase their margins by working with you? Do those people 
typically have this can-do attitude that you're talking about and they just need someone to to come in and mentor them to get them over the hump? Or do people call you who don't have the can-do attitude? They have a can't-do attitude and you need to kind of rewire their brain a little bit. There there are definitely both camps that come to me and usually within their language in the first three, four minutes, I could tell which camp they're in. And I actually had someone call me yesterday and talk about something and I was showing them all these possibilities. And one of their responses is, yeah, but it's so hard. And that moment I was like, okay, let's work on your language because if you're going to tell yourself it's hard, it's going to be hard all day long. Is that helping you have a better future? And I'll just go right to that. And then we'll talk about, there is a thing called happiness science. And I learned happiness science about 12 years ago with my team. And I brought a PhD in from Stanford who knew happiness science. And once a week for nine weeks, each week she came in and taught us one principle around happiness science. The first one is you get to choose. Do you want to be happy or unhappy? It's your choice. You get to choose. Do you see that the sky is blue or do you see that the sky is gray? That's still your choice. What you're telling your brain to look at is what you will see. And people through their language are telling me what they're looking through. Which lens are they looking through? The can do or the cannot or it's hard. They're going to say it through their language. Now, in happiness science, they say there's seven words to eliminate right from the beginning. Notice I didn't say there's seven words not to use because not is one of them. I had to learn to use the word eliminate because it's more empowering. So the words are no, not, can't, should, but, if, and try. Try is one of the biggest limiters in anyone's language. The only thing I want to hear you trying is another cup of coffee. That's it. Other than that, forget it. And because I've met Frank Oz and I'm friends with his wife, I say, wow, I already know Yoda, which means there is no try. I know him personally. And the day I met him, I told my brain, only do. No more try. I told my trainer, do not ask me to try that. Just tell me to do that. I I am not a trier because I will meet people and they'll say they're trying something. or I'm trying to put in this social media campaign. I'm trying to add this to my website. And I'll see them months later and they're still trying. I'm like, no, just do. But it starts in their brain. It starts with the words that they choose. My friend Brandy Gilmore says, when you're looking at your stories of your life, review them, find the most powerful point of the story, find the point where there's proof of love from your parents, there's proof of love from the universe, and end the story there. Don't go to the opposite at the end when someone disappointed you and then feel bad about it. In your brain, you get to teach your brain what the story is. It's your story. So take the most empowered piece Take the most loving piece and stick with that and just keep feeding your brain more and more of that. So I will say I had a near fatal car accident uh, in 2001, nearly 20 years ago, and it still affects me all the time. I broke 15 bones, both my legs, my back, my arm, but I learned through and I learned through that experience how important words are, how important intention is, how important it is to ask for help. But if I sat there and laid in bed all day saying, for me, what was me? I wouldn't have walked again. And that's clear, it's evidence. 7% chance of walking again. And they said, my brain is why I'm walking again because my brain was, I want five hours of physical therapy. If you're only giving me four, I want five because I wanna walk again. It wasn't, oh, this is hard. If it was, this is hard, I'd still be in a wheelchair. And the therapists and all the trauma therapists, they said that to me. They said, thank God you have your brain because your brain is saving you. Your brain is helping you walk again but it starts in our brain and I can only control what I think. So 
what's the point of saying it's hard? Because if I still want to be in a wheelchair, I could be, but I'd rather be out enjoying Maui. I'd rather be out enjoying experiences and sharing them with you. And that is because my brain took me to a better place. See, Lee, that's really interesting. And people watching this, you know, sometimes people watching someone that perhaps has a powerful, positive, all the time, energy, verbalization, and spirit about them, sometimes those types of people might say to themselves or question themselves like, wow, like, that's what I want to be like. And, and how long does it take to become like that? And, and what steps do I need to take to, to, to become that type of evolved person? Because right now I'm at home and I'm kind of curled up on the couch a little bit. And, and uh, I want to be like that. So, so for those types of people that, that need a little kick, you know, they need to learn it. They need to get on the horse and get going. What type of advice do you have for those people watching the show that, that want to get on the horse and get that horse kicking through the dust? Start filling your brain with the things you want to be more like and the people you want to be more like. I mentioned David Nagel earlier. Google David Nagel and listen to his mindset videos. There's a ton of them for free on YouTube. Do me a favor. In the comments, when you listen, if it's made a difference, write it. Say, Lee told me to listen to this. I did. And here's how it made a difference. And that's how you can make a difference back. That's how you can say to David Nagel, thank you. That's how you can say to me, thank you for introducing me to David. The reason I'm saying to take that other step is one of the things that's really beautiful about life is the more you show up in gratitude for things, the more other things to be grateful for show up. So I'm now giving them the prescription of the first step is mindset. And the second step is showing up in gratitude. Take that extra step and say, thank you, David Nagel. Thank you for sharing this, taking your time, sharing your genius for free on YouTube. He's not even asking for anything. It's such a gift. However, that's how someone can stop being curled up on the couch and feel sorry for themselves because of listening to someone like that and putting the things in their brain that empower them and make them feel better. I will say Lisa Nichols taught me something a long time ago that has been powerful. I've shared it with a lot of teenagers. And one of the things she says is anytime a negative thought comes in your brain, and she's teaching 12, 13, 14-year-old kids this for a reason, because some of them have a lot of negative talk from their parents, from their siblings, from their community. And she's teaching them the antidote is in your head. What you think about, what you focus on, that's what you're going to see, right? So she teaches them as soon as that negative thought comes in, she says, play, put a hand here and just pause on the negative, pause on the negative. And then she says, put a hand here and play on the powerful. She doesn't say play on the, per on the positive. She says, play on the powerful. Pause on the negative, play on the powerful. Why is it play on the powerful? Because you have the choice of what you want your brain to think about. Mine might as well pick something powerful. Pick something powerful. Do that by listening to I Love Marketing. Do that by listening to David Nagel. Do that by looking up the things that feed your brain in a positive, prosperity-driven way. And that will help you. Starts inside you know, your head. That is awesome. That reminds me of a good friend of mine that says life is only a movie and he plays on the powerful. You know, he, he, he says that life's a movie so he can make his, his movie a powerful movie. And I've always liked that. And that sort of coincides with what you're talking about. Lee, I know that you've carved out a little time for us and I know I'm holding you over, but no, what I good. wanted to do, I wanted to do something very interesting, I hope, because I've been waiting for this interview for a number of weeks 
And I know there's a number of entrepreneurs that watch the show that, that um, are aspiring for greatness. And I know that there might be some people as well that, that are maybe questioning some things in this day and age of what's going on with the pandemic and other things in the world that maybe is getting under their skin a little bit more than it really should if they, if they play the powerful. So what I was hoping maybe we could do is you could look into the camera and talk to those people through the Zoom interview and give them some of the, the, the Lee sort of power that you're known for so, you, so they can hear you right through the, through the camera and, and you can give them one of your famous Lee Richter <laughs> go-get-em speeches. Well, if I'm going to do that, I'm going to have to come out and share my view with you. All right. Okay. Can you see oh, this? Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Beautiful. And the reason I'm doing this is one of the things I've learned from Dr. Ben Hardy, who's one of my very good friends, is if you're in any kind of distress, in any kind of trouble, change your environment. Change your environment. Go to a place that makes you feel empowered. Go to a place not only in your head, but physically that makes you feel good. So Ben Hardy talks about willpower doesn't work. It's in his book. You can willpower anything you want, but it might not work, right? But changing your environment can change everything. So me being here in Maui, me being here and having this as my backyard for the next two months, and actually the next rest of my life, three months every year, is so that I could thrive. I could be in creativity. I could be in happiness. I could be in joyfulness. I could be in nature. So what I did was I created a place that I can have the right environment for me to thrive. And that's what I wish for everybody on here. Choose your environment inside your head, inside your body, outside your body. Choose the one that helps you thrive. Look for global leaders to help you with that next step to be your mentor, whether it's me, Ben Hardy, whether it's Joe Polish, who's been my mentor for many years, Dan Sullivan. Look for those people that inspire you. I will tell you, Dan Sullivan's podcast, as soon as you're ready, listen to those because those will give you ideas for a bigger future. He does it for me. He'll do it for you. So Ben Hardy has a series of books. One is Willpower Doesn't Work. One is Personality Isn't Permanent. And the one that just came out this week is Who, Not How. All three of those should be on your list of things to read to help you personally navigate what's going on in the world inside of your head and outside of your head. So look for those mentors that not only share ideas, but share resources and ways to get there. And so I listen to Ben Hardy. I listen to Joe Polish. I collaborate with Dan Sullivan. Why? Because I learn from them. They learn from me. We mentor each other. We lift each other. So I want that for every one of you. Find your circle. Find your people. Create your tribe. Create your movement. This is your life. It's not rehearsal. Your friend says he's a producer and he's playing things powerful for a reason. We're the producer of the movie of our life. Make it the best. Thank <laughs> you.